Je luistert naar een boodschap van C3 Church Amsterdam en Almere. Wij zijn een kerk van geloof, hoop en liefde. Voor meer informatie over onze kerk kun je terecht op onze website c3amsterdam.nl of c3almere.nl Wij geloven dat deze boodschap jou vandaag zal bemoedigen, inspireren en bekrachtigen. Uh, this is Next Step Sunday. So, uh, Next Step Sunday. So, in your seat, you'll find a Next Step card. And uh, by the end of the service, I'm going to ask all of you to fill out one of these. So, if, if you just be mindful of that, uh, that's where I'm heading. Just want you to know where I'm traveling today. Um, but before I do that, uh, we're going to show you a video, a Next Step video, that just describes what it's all about. So, who, who wants to watch another movie? Yeah. All right, thanks, guys. Let's spin that one. Heb jij ook wel eens het gevoel dat jouw kerkervaring aanvoelt alsof je op een roltrap staat, maar je niet vooruit gaat? En dat er mensen zijn die rondlopen en stappen nemen verder dan jij? Als je nou maar iemand had die je richting kon geven, zodat je niet vast kwam te zitten. Als er nou maar richtingaanwijzers waren die je een betere optie aanwezen. Wij begrijpen je. We believe every single person at C3 can be transformed in Christ and empowered for purpose. We hebben een stap genomen om jou te helpen met je volgende stap. Want wij geloven dat iedereen in ons huis een volgende stap kan zetten. Ontmoet Bas. Bas is nieuw en hij wil graag zijn relatie met God verdiepen. Maar hij ziet altijd erg op tegen de 60 seconden van een high five geven en elkaar begroeten na de aanbidding. Maak je niet druk Bas. Wij hebben een volgende stap voor jou. Onze diensten zijn de beste plek om elke week God te ervaren. Ons café is een plek waar je enorm vriendelijke mensen ontmoet, verse koffie kan drinken en waar je de beste gelegenheden vindt om je thuis te voelen. Tom vraagt zich af hoe hij kan groeien en hij wil graag meer vrienden vinden. Nou Tom, wij kunnen jou helpen om een connectgroep te vinden waar je nieuwe vrienden op je wachten en waar jij zal groeien in jouw vrijheid in Christus. Sarah komt hier al een tijdje. Soms denkt ze, ik heb zoveel verschillende waardevolle vaardigheden. Was er nou maar een manier waarop ik ze kan gebruiken om anderen te helpen? Dat kan, Sarah. Geniet van het ontdekken van jouw doel in één van onze vrijwilligerteams. Ga naar de Next Step Bar, waar je een hele rits aan mogelijkheden vindt om anderen te helpen in onze kerk. Simpel zat. Bas, Tom en Sarah hebben hun volgende stap gezet. Het klinkt een beetje te makkelijk, of niet? Karin denkt, ik ben zoveel gegroeid. Ik vraag me af of ik anderen kan helpen met hun volgende stap. Ja Karin, dat kan. Jij kan anderen discipelen en een positieve invloed hebben op hun leven. Kerk is een plek waar je wordt bekrachtigd om een voorbeeld te zijn voor anderen. Misschien kan je een connectgroep beginnen. Laten we het even in stukjes knippen. Je merkt een blitsenfolder op in het café van jouw kerk waarop staat Next Step. Instinctief antwoord je in gedachten die vraag met een ja. Goeie keus. Je pakt een van de blitsenfolders en je ontdekt een tijdlijn die je helpt om te ontdekken waar jij nu staat. Ken jij minder dan drie mensen? Heb jij minimaal één keer koffie gekocht omdat je niets anders wist te doen in de foyer? Zit jij in een knallende connectgroep? Kan jij tenminste tien mensen een high five geven? Ben jij gedoopt of denk je erover na? Is C3 jou thuis en streef je ernaar anderen zich ook thuis te laten voelen? Help jij deze plek draaiende te houden? 
zie jij jouw stad als een stad voor Christus. Als je op Bas, Sarah, Tom of Karin lijkt, dan is dat geweldig. We hebben genoeg stappen die misschien wel jouw volgende stap zijn. Breng een bezoek aan de Next Step Bar, waar je onze beste mensen ontmoet die jou gaan helpen met het nemen van je volgende stap. En het beste is dat zodra je één stap hebt genomen, je een andere kan nemen. De opties zijn grenzeloos. We willen dat C3 Church voelt als thuis. Eén waar je met trots je vrienden naartoe uitnodigt. Maak het jouw thuis. En wanneer je bent gesetteld, help ons dan om dit huis van God het mooiste huis van de straat te maken. Een huis waar mensen worden getransformeerd en bekrachtigd. Ben jij er klaar voor? Laten we de volgende stap nemen. Oké, okay, so... <laughs> The steps are limitless. I love that bit. Uh, every one of us can take a next step. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4, and uh, we're going to dive back into 1 Peter. Uh, how good was that message last Sunday from Louis? Uh, uh, uh. Even I've heard it. I wasn't here. If you haven't hear it, you heard it, you can get it on a podcast. Just download it. Um, so we're now starting the final three messages in Stronger. This is called Stronger in Our Devotion. We've done Stronger in Our Relationships. We've done Stronger in Who I Am. Now we're doing Stronger in My Devotion. And I've called this message in the final analysis, I want to be devoted. So listen along with me fast because I'm going to uh, I'm going to race through this as steady as I can. But 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 7 says this, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Okay, let's go back up to verse 7 there. He says, the end of all things is near. Now, how many of you have ever seen someone in the streets holding up a, a board saying, the end is nigh? Right. I do not recommend it as an evangelism tool. I don't think it's that attractive personally. However, the point is this. It's meant to focus our attention on what is important. And that is what Peter's trying to do. He's trying to focus our attention here on that which is most important. And, uh, and that's why I've called this in the final analysis. That is, when you look back and analyze your life, what would you like to have been known for? Uh, you know, you've all watched those final analysis of the, of the game night where the, the commentator talks to the players and, and says, tell us about the game And it might go something like this. Well, you know, it was a messy first half, um, but we seemed to get it together in the second half. We scored a goal, therefore we won. So the final analysis is, doesn't matter what the game was like, we won. Or it may be a performance review at work where you go, well, I lost a few contracts, but I gained more than I lost. Therefore, I helped build the company this year. Okay, so it wasn't a perfect year, but in the final, in the final balance of things, it came out as it was meant to. So when you get to the end of your life, the question is, what do you want to be known for? 
what, what will be the analysis on our life. And it's going to probably be a bit like that. It's not going to be all perfect. There are going to be some losses, but there will be some wins. And what Peter's trying to do is go, look, focus on the main issues. Because in it all, it's not about win or lose. It's not about who's getting ahead, who's falling behind. It's, it's about what influence you've carried. I don't think any of us will want to look back and be measured by the number of euros in our bank account, for example, or the number of hours we spend at work. I don't think any of us will go, I wish I'd spent more time checking my emails during the message on Sunday, or I wish I'd spent more time on social media during the worship. I don't think any of us will get to the end of our, <coughs> that was meant to be a little dig, and it was, but uh, we're not going to get to the end of uh, our lives and regret any of those things. We're going to get to the end of our lives and go, what did I do with my life? What impact did I make? That is why I've called this message, in the final analysis, I want to be devoted. Because we want to be known for our devotion for something. I was watching a movie a couple of days ago of, it was the latest movie of Winston Churchill. I've forgotten the name of the movie, but uh, he appeared all the way through, so I'm sure it was about him, Winston Churchill, and you know, he was not a godly man, he was, uh, as far as I know, uh, but why do we make movies about such a man? Why is it that he's, he's held up so high, even though his standards were uh, all over the place, uh, because he was devoted to a cause, and he boldly took a nation through a very treacherous period of history, and whilst there was a whole lot about his world that seemed to be very messy, and very broken, he was devoted. And if there's anything I want to be known for at the end of life, is I want to be known to be devoted to a cause. Devoted to a cause. Not did I win or lose. Not like uh, someone's trying to add up the balance of my good behavior and my bad behavior, but was I devoted? Because that question puts aside those failures I may have had. It even puts aside the successes I may have had if I know that ultimately I did what I could by keeping my heart devoted to Christ and devoted to a cause. Because you can, you can be devoted but not have a cause. Or you can have a cause but it's the wrong cause. It's, a, it's an empty cause. But God is calling us to be devoted to the cause. The cause of souls. The cause of helping your friends and my friends find Christ. We want to help you today find Christ if you haven't. Or come back to Christ if you haven't. We're devoted to that. We're devoted to that call. And you may look at my life and go, well, you're not perfect. And you'd be absolutely right. But I'm devoted to your life. I'm devoted to a cause of helping your life rise. Devoted to a cause of digging gold out of your life. De determined to see God's very best come out of you so you can be the very best you can be. And we do that by taking our next step. And uh, I want every one of us today to get to a point where we go, I'm devoted to not stand still, but keep moving forward. I've come out of this conference this week, and I know there are one or two things I need to do, that I'm going to do as my next steps. You, you just cannot stand still. You've got to keep moving. We've got to keep progressing. Ultimately, that's what a disciple is. It's one who keeps progressing on a journey. We're pilgrims on a, on a journey devoted to a cause. And so in the final analysis, Peter is focusing us on a few things here, which I want to take us through, which will help us know, well, what do we get devoted to? So you say we're devoted to the cause, but let's just break down um, things we can be devoted to 
that ultimately will help us be devoted to Christ. Right? We all want to be devoted to Christ. But what does that look like? Here in verse 7, he says, Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Everyone say pray. In the New King James Version, it says, Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. So my question to us is, is our devotion seen in our prayer life? Is our devotion seen in our prayer life? If we were to look at your prayer life, would it look devoted? Would it be regular and passionate? Do you pray? How do you pray? Are you serious and watchful in your prayer? Do we believe praying makes a difference? We went to prayer this morning because we had no power first thing this morning. Couldn't even get into our own building because the roller blinds were locked down. We had to break in to get in. And so we made a declaration. God is bigger than any problem. So a few of us got to prayer and we began to pray. And at uh, 20 to 9 or so, the power came back on in South Oast. Praise God. Um, we've been struggling with some technical things ever since, but we've got power. We were starting to have to reshape what church would look like this morning. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and more coffee. Because we knew we could do coffee <laughs> pretty much even if we couldn't do worship. Are you devoted to prayer? Do you believe prayer makes a difference? Is your life flowing out of the prayer room? So maybe your next step today could be to be devoted to your devotions, be devoted to prayer. And then he says in verse 8, Above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. So if our devotion is seen in our prayer life, he's saying our devotion is also seen in our love life. Because we thrive in a climate of acceptance and encouragement. We all need it. We may, we may prefer isolation, but we don't thrive in isolation. We may prefer our independence, but we don't thrive in our independence, we thrive with each other. We need each other more than maybe we think we do. And so maybe your next step today is to be devoted to a connect group. Because in a connect group, they are our small groups. We get together in the week, usually with five, six, seven, eight people. There you encourage one another. There you uh, go a little deeper in the word together. There you, you uh, help disciple each other and spur each other on. We need that. I need that. I need that more than I think I do. I need to be around people more than I think I need people. You know, you can get stuck into thinking, well, it's just me and Jesus, but it's not. It, you need each other. I'm talking to the introverts right now. You need people. I know they annoy you. And I know you'd be happy spending all day long on your own, but you need people more than you think you do. You extroverts, you need people, but not just to put a smile on your face, make you happy and recharge. You need them for more meaningful reasons too to speak into your soul and edify and lift up and build up and encourage. We all need each other. We're better together. Love, love is at the heart of why we do what we do. We were first loved by him, therefore we love others, which is why on Saturday the 12th of May, we're doing our love project. You're going to see this place filled with people from the community eating together and the kids having wild fun and looking after them and doing whatever we do on Love Saturday, which will unfold next week, I think. Um, so we love one another. Then in verse 10, he says this, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others 
as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Each of you should use whatever gift. He doesn't say, if you feel like using your gift, once you've clearly discovered what your gift is, or when you feel confident with your gift, he says you should use your gift. So if our devotion is shown in our prayer life, our devotion is shown in our love life, our devotion is also seen in our purpose, that we use whatever gift God's given us. That is, if you've got a gift of giving, give. If you've got a gift of speaking, speak. If you're good at IT, IT it. If, if, you're, if, you're, if, if you're good at smiling, smile. Got a few here. You got a few more just then. You got the gift. Actually, we should all smile. But some of you just smile so well. If you got the gift of teaching, teach. Hospitality, hospitalitate. A gift of managing, manage. Creative gifts. Maybe you got creative gifts or gifts of making processes work. We need you. Gosh, I, I, I see, you know, such a dream of what, what we're going to see happen in the future. I see us multiplying across this city and, and having pockets of the glory of God breaking out right around this city. I see locations all over this region. I see us uh, exalting Jesus in every part of Amsterdam and the surrounding area. But to do that, we need a hundred musicians. We need processes that run smoothly. We need creativity and media and social media. Uh, we need all that stuff. We need you. Turn to someone and say, he needs you. Turn to somebody else and say, I need you. Um, maybe your gifts of project management, video editing, film, camera, web development, sharing the word. Maybe you love prayer or facilitating things. Whatever your gift is, you should. Peter says you should. You should use it. You know, we, we live in an age where we hesitate as in, in church life to say we should do this and we should not do this because we use this word grace as an excuse for no rules. But grace isn't an excuse for no rules. Without boundaries, you have no freedom. Freedom comes within boundaries. If you can do anything you like, you're not free. You're bound because now you're, 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 um, you, you find you get addicted. You get, you get yourself uh, attached to things that you need to feed on. For free life lives within the shoulds and should nots. The Bible is full of shoulds and should nots. And if we can understand grace and the shoulds and should nots, you will live freer than ever before. So that, that, uh, that, that offering message, oh, what do you mean? I, I, I should give. Yeah, it's a wonderful freeing thing when you just are free to just give whatever God wants you to give. When, when you can live how God wants you to live. He wants you to use your gift. He's put it in you to build the house. I hear so many people say, oh, I'll do that all week long. I don't want to do it on a Sunday. Maybe you got a gift. Better building the house than building an organization that one day will not exist in the new heavens and the new earth. You're not in your workplace to just simply use your gift. You're in your workplace to shine in your gift to show off Christ. That's your primary purpose. It's your pri you can use that gift in church. Build the church with what you've got. Maybe your next step today is to, devote, to be devoted to a serve team. Because when you serve, we step onto the team. Who doesn't want to be part of the team? Come on. You know, if you've got a choice between being a spectator or being on the team, wearing the shirt you bought in the tourist shop compared to the shirt you got from, from the Ajax coach, 
what would you prefer to do? You'd prefer to wear the shirt and be on the game, right? Be in the team. You want to be on the team. That's assuming you love to play football. We learn to work together when we're on team. We grow deeper connections when we're on team. Heard this wonderful story uh, just the other day. Let me read it to you. Rebecca DeHaan and when you sang, we're talking uh, to each other. They both serve in the cafe team. And they were talking about how they've loved being on the same team together. It's like they had just got this really special connection from serving together. So when wrote to Aliska Hoffer, who's a team leader, and uh, said this. She said, I serve, served on the cafe team now for one and a half years. To me, I have a feeling that even though I can't speak Dutch, it's not a problem. Well, it certainly isn't in this service. Uh, everyone is nice and warm to me. I feel supported when I serve in the cafe, and especially when I'm serving together with Rebecca. That she's, if you serve in the cafe team and you're not Rebecca, she doesn't mean this uh, as anything. All right, this is about... Anyway. Uh, she ser- especially when she serves with Rebecca, it's like we know each other's thoughts and we cooperate so nicely. Isn't that cool? That, that relationships get forged when you work together, when you're in team together. You find what you're made of. You find gifts grow. You find futures open up to you. We discover the joy of blessing others. We find meaning and discover purpose. Listen to this. This is Fabian Durham who serves in the greeting team. First of all, I want to say that serving God is such a privilege. I love that. That he understands that to serve on team is actually about serving God. Jesus put it like this, that whenever you do something for someone else, you're doing it for me. And we, we think serving on team is about doing it for others, but actually we're not. We're serving the king. We're serving him. If you go, how can I serve Jesus? Or some people may go, well, I'm serving Jesus, but the only way you can serve Jesus is by serving other people. You cannot serve him without serving others. It's, it's like he's given us the expression. He's given us the way in which we can do it. And that's by finding an opportunity to bless another person. And he goes on to say, serving at the greeting team feels like liberty to my soul. I love that. feels like liberty when I serve. It's not work. It's not a job. It's a joy. You meet heaps of people by shaking their hand. It effortlessly generates a smile on my face. Oh, awesome. Juan Panazzo. Did I say that right, Juan? (laughs) Gifted languages is me. (laughs) He also serves on the greeting team. He said when Sipka... Sipka Bontecu, who was leading the service, he's his team leader. He said, when he asked me, I I jumped at it. I wanted to get in there. When people come to church, they might be facing a huge personal challenge or pain, seeking meaning in their lives or eager to know more about God. To feel welcome is a key to connect and be open. I pray to God to use me for his will and help those people. I will never know how big or small the impact is. He's got a desire to see God impact. You may go, well, how am I... How am I affecting people's lives? How am I making a difference? We talk about every person transformed in Christ and empowered for purpose. You may go, well, am I really transforming a life by serving on team? You are transforming lives. Listen to some of these comments. This is, this is from, um, uh, from the last Next Step group we did a few weeks ago, which is a group for people who have just joined our church. And, uh, and Louis Whitting was asking the question, what what was it that you first experienced that kept you here? 
And these were some of the replies. Uh, some said they felt peace. How do you feel peace? It's, it's someone on the doors being unstressed, with a smile, being rested, greeting you calmly. You did that. If you're on a team, you did that. Oh, but Jesus, he's the king of peace. I know. But you did that, not Jesus. Jesus in you helped you, but you did that, Juan. You did that when you were smiling and greeting them. They felt better about themselves because you transferred peace. That was you. Some said they felt welcomed and felt at home. Wonderful. You did that. You helped them feel welcomed. You helped them feel at home. Some said they felt accepted. Some of these people came to Christ in our church. You're going, oh, does what I do transform anyone? Yes, it does. You bet it does. People have got saved in our church because you helped them feel accepted. They sat next to you, and it wasn't Jesus sitting next to them. It was you sitting next to them. Let's not over-spiritualize how we create atmosphere. God comes in atmospheres. Of course he does. He travels through faith. He travels in worship. He touches our lives. But we create that. These musicians create an atmosphere of worship so God can, can touch people's lives. You create welcome and hospitality so that in that atmosphere they can feel touched by a presence that they won't feel anywhere else, which is Jesus. But you did that. You helped them feel accepted. You helped them feel loved. And, uh, and, uh, and welcomed. Just give someone a high five if they're on a team. <laughs> if they're not on a team, they're going to get on a team. So how do we do that? As I, as I come to a close, 1 Peter chapter 2. We're digging into 1 Peter today. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4. How, how do we do that? It says here, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also like living stones. How good is that? Jesus is the living stone, and he is gracious enough to compare us to him. Oh, my goodness. That is grace, that we would be compared to him. If there's any goal of ours, it's the goal to help everybody become increasingly more like Jesus. That's what we're trying to do. He is a living stone. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So he tells us three things that we're doing or being that help us, help us build other people's lives. The first thing he says here, or the phrase he uses, is spiritual house. When we serve, we serve from a place of belonging. We serve knowing that we feel at home. We serve knowing this is our house. If you're serving in a hotel, it, it's because you're paid to, it's because you've been trained to, and you do a very good job, but it's, it's for different reasons. But when you serve in your own home and you, and you invite people into your own home, you're serving out of a different motivation. It's, it's, I feel at home. This is my place. I'm opening my doors to you, and I'm going to make you, help you feel as I feel in this place. I'm serving you. That's the first reason we impact people's lives is because we are a spiritual house. And so the question is, do we come to church like this? Feed me. I'm hungry. Play music 
to me. Preach to me. I'm ready to be fed. And, and we will feed you. And we will play nice music to you. And we will give you great coffee. And, and you'll be loved on. And, and we'll give you everything you need and want. Or do you come to church? Like this. Can I feed you? Can I help you? Is there anything I can do for you? How was your week? Oh, a bit tough. Oh, really? I'm going to pray for you this week. Every day this week, I commit myself to praying for you. Your soul will be lifted. just want you to know how much I appreciate you. How good is that, hearing those words? I appreciate you when you've been through a tough week. Are you going to serve? Or are you going to be served? Jesus said it's greater to give than it is to receive. He didn't say it was wrong to receive. He just said it's so much nicer to give. It's not wrong to come and receive. I flew the other side of the world this week to go and receive, not to give. But that's not what I do all all year. What I do all year is I want to give. I want to give. I want to give. It's more blessed to give. I want to feed. I want to serve. I want to occasionally you need to come and receive. How cool is it to have two services? You can come and give in one and receive in the other. <laughs> your spiritual house, you're a holy priesthood. That is, you're a minister. He says you're a minister. Oh, I thought you were the minister. No, I'm not. I'm the trainer. <laughs> I put you into training classes every Sunday to equip you to be the minister. God says you're the minister. You minister to God and for God. That's why we have to keep taking steps of devotion and go, do you know I could really push my prayer life out there a bit more? Maybe I've not been baptized. I need to go and get baptized. Next Sunday, we're doing baptisms. If you've not been baptized, please, I urge you, get baptized. It's a step of devotion. What is it doing? It's equipping you to be a minister, to minister for God and to others. And then he says, offering spiritual sacrifices. How beautiful is that, that we get to... We get to sacrifice our lives for others. One of the most touching stories I read recently was of King David, who was a great man. He's a great hero of our faith and written many psalms, which we might sing, read, or worship to. Great leader, bold, courageous man. But he wasn't perfect. When he gets to the end of his life, he's not going to be weighing up the good and the bad and hoping he's, he'll get to the end of his life going. In the final analysis... I can be counted devoted. His devotion to God covered up all his mistakes as he came back to him. And there was a moment where he made a big mistake. He ceased trusting God to, to fulfill his promise to make the descendants of, of Abraham like the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea. He wanted to control it all. And he got a census happening and a plague broke out. People were dying and, and, and the plague was starting to spread through Israel so he went to the edge of where the plague was which was where Ornan a man called Ornan owned a, um, a threshing floor a, a place and uh, he decided he needed to do a sacrifice and a, and a statement of repentance and, and a, an offering to God and he says I want to buy this land off you I want to, I want to be able to buy a, uh, the things off you to build an altar and, and the animals to sacrifice on it and Ornan goes no I'll give it to you king you can have it I, I love your heart love your spirit and the king goes, no, I, I cannot offer something that doesn't cost me 
anything. See, an offering is only an offering if it's a sacrifice. The word offering actually isn't, as we know it as offering. In the Bible, that word offering is always um, translated sacrifice. So if we're giving and it's not a sacrifice, it's not really an offering. It's, it's maybe a tip. It may be a thank you. But it's not a sacrifice. And so he says, I've got I, I to give him a sacrifice. And in that place, the plague stopped. Life came to Israel and, and, and life went on. But listen to this. The most beautiful thing of all was right there where David had made his mistake. And yet where David had given his sacrifice, right there, his son Solomon built the temple. Right on that threshing floor was the foundation of the great temple that had been promised through David, the great house of God. You may be going, I'm not ready to serve. I'm not ready. I'm not good enough yet. I just need to deal with a few things and then I'm ready. You're never ready. That's the whole point of the house of God. It's the place where the vulnerable come and the weak come and the strong come. It's the place where we all come and God takes us as we are. It's one broken person imparting to another broken person. It's one broken person leading another broken person. And it's the grace of God that enables us to minister to one another because that's where the house of God is built. If you have no cracks, the light can't get out. Jesus wants to shine through you. And we put up this image, right, where we have to be so perfect. We come to connect group with a mask. I need to shine my Christian light. But in all of the masks, you're not letting the light out. You're letting you out. And it may be a really nice side of you. But come on, in our vulnerability and in our, our need, we can shine brightly. That doesn't mean you come to church and just share all your brokenness all the time. There is a place where you step out in faith and go, I'm going to rise above my brokenness and I'm going to give out of my strength. I'm going to give out of faith. But it's also a place where you recognize that God is wanting to use you right where you are because through you, right in that place, this place, God builds his house. So on every head bowed right now, every eye closed as we bring the service to an end. What am I trying to do here? I'm trying to help us come back to the basic foundation of what it is we want. And that is, I know every one of us wants to say, I am devoted to the cause. I'm devoted to Christ. I'm devoted to reaching people for Christ. I'm devoted to building his house where his glory can shine right across the city. If that's you, you're saying, I want to be devoted. If you're saying, I want to take my next step, just as I've said this morning, I want to take my next step. Whatever it might be, it may not be on that card. It may be something else. We haven't put prayer life on that card. But that might be your next step. We haven't put tithing on that card. That might be your next step. We haven't put Bible reading daily on the card, but that might be your next step really doesn't matter. I think what really matters is as disciples, we say, I'm going to take a next step, whatever that next step is. If that's you, why don't you just raise your hand right across this place. Say, I, I will keep taking my next step. I will remain devoted. It's fantastic. I'm raising my hand. That's me. I remain devoted. I want to be a devoted follower. I want to devote, be a devoted. Any devoted followers here today? It's not a trick question. It is just as I'm saying it is. I'm asking you, do you want to be a devoted follower? Are you going to be committed to keeping on taking steps? So I want you to place your hand on your heart right now. All of us.
Jesus, we love you. We're devoted to you. You're the one we want to magnify and glorify. You're the one we want to see praised. You're the one we want to see shine throughout this city. We want you to shine in us and through us. We're devoted to you. Lord, we let everything else fall away. All the things that would hinder us from running our race. We let them fall away today. We devote our hearts, our lives to you. It's you we want more of. It's you we want to be more like. A living stone, dynamic, full of life. A building block. One who's faithful and trustworthy, loyal and strong. We devote ourselves to you. May we leave this place full of courage and joy and strength. Knowing that all we need to be is passionately devoted. Bedankt voor het luisteren naar onze podcast. We zien je graag terug in een van onze diensten. Kijk op onze website voor tijden en locaties.